0: This is Dr. Jose Saliva with another episode of the way to college podcast. And one of the joys of the podcast, it's allowed me to reconnect with folks that I've met along my own journey, um, both educational and professional. And um, before I introduce my guest, I have this story that I'm going to tell. And um, so I, I wasn't, I hadn't been out of college very long, maybe two or three years. I was asked to serve on a, if I wanted to serve on local boys and girls club board and not long after joining, um, we had to close our doors. And then I, we were offered, I was offered an opportunity to serve on a, on a, on a larger neighborhood board that would then offer services in our community. And I remember that first meeting that I had with some of their board members and uh, you know, they asked me if I was ready to commit 900 hours of service, and they gave me a sheet, and it had like all of the activities, and I'm all of I don't know 24, 25, <laughs> and I, needless to say, I was incredibly overwhelmed. But the wonderful thing about that experience was, and and being on the board was having tremendous leadership, and and so my guest today. Was played such a pivotal role in my experience there and, and such a positive role. So, Sabrina, would you mind introducing you. yourself to, to my <laughs> listeners out there? Yeah. Uh,
1: thank you for that. I, I, I wasn't sure where I was going. wasn't sure. Uh, <laughs> but my name is Sabrina Walker-Hernandez, and I currently am the president and CEO of a consulting company for nonprofits called Supporting World Hope.
0: Sabrina, thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Sabrina, I start all of my conversations now with this question. The question is, if you had to go back and say, my educational journey really started here at this moment in my life, what would that moment be for you?
1: You know, I would say my educational journey started, believe it or not, in childhood, um, because of what I do, I didn't know it at the time. But my mom is an associate pastor now in a church, and she was a missionary in a church, and we did a lot of community activities. Um, because you know, when you're involved the in church and you want to go on a, a field trip, or the choir needs new robes, or whatever, you, you do a fundraiser. You that's what you do, um, and so. Um, my education journey into what I like to do or what skill sets I use today started back then. I I don't think, um, I put it together at the time, but that's when it started. So
0: that's fascinating. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Right. Um, and yeah, I can see, uh, knowing what I know about you and the work that you've done. Yeah. I definitely see the connection. When do you think, Huh? Well, let me, because I I, I I don't want to bring us too far forward. So let me ask you then: for you, as as a as a young child growing up, you're having these experiences, right? And we always get asked when we're a kid, "What do you, you Want to be when you grew up? What did you want to be?"
1: I I wanted to be an attorney because that's what my mom told to me <laughs> I wanted to be. <laughs> Not because I wanted to be an attorney who knows what they want to be when they are growing up. Right. Um, she just said, you like to argue a lot. You want to be a good attorney. <laughs> and I took that as I'm going to be an attorney all the way up until I made a different decision, um, in my adulthood, which was so disappointing to them, uh, because a little bit about my family, I was the first one in, um, in my family, um, as far as my immediate family, to graduate from high school and then to go on to, to college. So my mom, um, she was almost there. She she dropped off out in like the 10th grade. And really, it was a poverty situation and a, and a lack of confidence situation. She, she got picked on a lot, dirty clothes, you know, not you know, dirty clothes, not up to fashion, all that stuff. So she chose to leave. And my dad, um, he uh, ruled Virginia, sixth grade. He left school. Nobody came to get him to go back. So that was it for him. Um, and and so I was one of the I was the first one to graduate. But my mom said, you were going to be an attorney. And I said, OK. And then when I called her, I said, I'm not going to be an attorney. that's a long story there, too. But what I'm going to do is get a graduate degree. I'm going to get a master's. They had no idea what a master's is. You know, if you think about people in that situation. They know what an attorney is and they yeah. know what a doctor is. But they don't know, have any idea what is a graduate degree? What does that mean? So I was they were so devastated and disappointed in in that process. I, You know,
0: and I I love your story because, you know, one of the reasons I started the podcast, because I think a lot of the young people that I work with have kind of a very narrow view of I can do like these five jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's what I know. Right. But if you you know you talk to enough people, you find that wow, there are a lot of different jobs or a lot of different paths. I can go and get a master's degree or, or some other graduate degree, and so I appreciate you know that your story there. So, but e- even before deciding, like I'm going to get a graduate degree. So even while you're in college, your your mind was still, I'm going to be an attorney.
1: My was mind that- was still going to be, I'm going to be an attorney. I I did um, poli sci. Honestly, I don't even know how honest you want me to be, but I will be honest. I did poli sci because I thought I was going to be an attorney. That was it. I didn't question it. This is what I want to do. I started my family early. I didn't know how I was going to pay. I guess go all the way back. I didn't know how I was going to pay for college. One, Mm -hmm. my parents, blessed their heart. Um, Again, you know the background, but my mom was like, you know, you you can go, but we don't know how you're gonna pay for it. You're gonna to have to join Uncle Sam's army or do something. And so I was just smart enough to be in the AP classes, but not smart enough to get those good scholarships. I was kind of like that middle wrong. So I didn't have a lot of scholarship opportunities. So I joined Uncle Sam's army, all with the goal of they're gonna pay for me to go to college, and I'm gonna be an attorney. That's it. So when I got to college. Um, I was 20, probably you said 24, 20. I was probably 23 when I started college. Cause I did the army. I got married, had kids. I did all of that first. I did it backwards guys. Whoever's listening, I did it backwards. Just know that, <laughs> um, started college <laughs> felt like I was behind. Um, so I did finish my undergraduate in three years. Cause I felt like I'm so behind, I gotta fast pace this thing to keep up. But I majored in poli-sci because that was the closest thing to pre-law that there was. Um, And I had an opportunity to do an internship um, with Advocacy Resource Center for Housing, which is ARCH, which is a local nonprofit community here in the Valley. And I got, and the reason why I did that internship, I'm gonna plug this too, in the political science department at the time, You could do uh, an internship and get class credit for it. And so I thought this will be a good thing. Not only will I get the class credit for it, but I will learn how to mediate because the whole thing was mediating between landlords and attorneys. I mean, landlords and tenants who were being evicted and I'll get to work with attorneys. It was the good and bad is I got to work with attorneys (laughs) and I decided, ah, yeah, I don't want to be an attorney (laughs) (laughs) and not because attorneys are bad. It's just that uh, the way that I perceived it, a way I discovered is there is no right. There is no wrong. There's only the law. And that's what law school teaches you. But I am, it's not a part of my personality in that way is right and wrong. And so I didn't yeah. want that. That was just it. So um, that's what kind of changed uh, what I wanted to do. Um, and then that's what I fell in love with the nonprofit side of the house.
0: So, I, I mean, a couple of things, right? I um, I appreciate you saying like, you know, talking about your your journey and your Particular pathway, right? Uh, and 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 I would just say that's okay, right? I because part of this our conversation is is that all of our journeys are so different and all of our paths are so different. So I appreciate you sharing that. I also appreciate you know I I um a lot of the young people I work with. I think there's this expectation I'm going to go to college and I'm going to graduate. I'm going to have a job. Job will be waiting for me. But I think you alluded to something really important. You talked about how critical your experience in that internship was in kind of one opening your eyes to what, what the work was like that attorneys were doing, but also the work that you would like to be doing. And so I I always encourage young people, you know, if you can do an internship, if you can get some kind of experience really to, to open your eyes and give you some experience that maybe you're not, you might not, you're certainly not going to get necessarily in the classroom. So I appreciate that. So, you know, you, you're, you said, you know, you you recognize that you wanted to get a graduate degree, told your parents you're not going to go to law school. Not going to go to law school. It, so when you go back, go and get your graduate degree, were you already, were you still thinking nonprofit? Did you want to do service?
1: I did. I was thinking nonprofit. I wanted to do service. I wanted to give back um, to the community. Um, nonprofit in the in the sense of. You know, a social enterprise solving that type of problem. A lot of the people I got my master's in public administration. A lot of my classmates now are city managers. Um, they're they're working in that capacity. I never saw that role for for me. Um, it's not something that I wanted to do, um, but. What really got my heart pumping and took me back to my roots, which is where I started off at, you know, fundraising in the church and doing that and building those types of relationships was working in that nonprofit world.
0: Were there a lot of opportunities for you after graduate school to work in nonprofit?
1: There was. Well, this is what I did. This is the path that I took. And I don't know. If, you know, God in his mercy and all those things. <laughs> so, you know, I worked for the county, which public administration, government. You know, I worked for the county. I did the urban county, Hidalgo County, urban county program. Um, I was a program coordinator who was in charge of not only working with um Subrecipients, recipients which were tradition, their government, you know, cities and, and things like that. But what my boss discovered about me, um, it was Alan Kamasaki, I like to speak names, he's passed away since, but he had a huge impact on me. What Alan um, discovered about me was that I really like working with the uh, nonprofit sub-recipients. And so before that, each um, coordinator, got a city and then they got assigned certain nonprofits. But he saw the passion that I had for it. And so he just gave me all the nonprofits for the county, which is my happy land. <laughs> if most people would get overwhelmed by that, but I was I was thrilled by that. So I got to work with all the nonprofits in the county who were receiving urban county funds. And I got to see their back office functions. And so in seeing their back office functions, I got to see their budget. I got to see, you know, were they in their 990s? Were they in their audit? Did they have financial controls in place? All of those things like that. And so as a result of that, I knew which organization was on top of their game, right? And as soon as that particular organization had a position open, I applied for that position. Now, I'm not saying I got that position because I applied for the position because I'm going to be very honest um, with your listeners. It was all about, again, relationships. The person that I went to college with who was in my graduate was the city manager at um the the in the city where I was applying for this position so I reached out to them and said hey I'm applying for this position um with your with this um organization that you fund um do you have any you know connections any feedback what what, how do how do I prepare for this and that's how that ball got rolling rolling there I think that if I had to say anything to your students that are, are listening, you don't have to know what you want to be, but you need to network with as many people as possible, because that's going to open up different opportunities that, like you said, you're not, you, you're not aware of. We're all we're. Sometimes in our lives and in my life in particular, we're sheltered by our circumstances. So we don't even know all the opportunities that are available to us. But as you network and you grow your circle of influence, you also grow your circle of opportunities. And so be able to explore some of those opportunities. You don't have to know what you want to do right now. But network with different people, explore your opportunities, grow your opportunities, and you will be able to pick and choose where you want to place your talent. Thank you. You're welcome. I couldn't. I couldn't
0: yeah, I, you know, and and I appreciate you being honest because you know, I, I, you know, with with my listeners, I, you know, I try to do the same thing, and I think uh, my guests, thankfully, I, they're you know all honest because because I think a lot of times right. Then nobody tells us about the little nuances. Nobody tells us about how important it is to, you know, you know, if, if you're building relationships, take care of those relationships, don't go burning any of your bridges, right. You never know when you might need to go back for, you know, recommendation. And if you do
1: give yourself permission to forgive yourself and learn <laughs> from that, cause I have burned some. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, because of our circumstances, right. We don't know, we don't know what we don't know. And so I appreciate you, you talking about for you, the process of connecting with somebody that you were, you were doing your program with and, you know, and going that route and at least, you know, telling them, Hey, I'm applying for this position, you know, any, any tips, things like that. I love that. So how long did you do this work and was the work, what you were looking for.
1: Yes. So I was, I, I've been in a nonprofit industry for over 25 years. Um, I was in my organization for 20 years and retired. I enjoyed the work um, because it was different every day. Um, So it allowed me to expand my, my talents and not get bored. Um, There's that. You have to know that about yourself too. Like, um, some people may like routine um, and they want to be an engineer and that's what they do. And th- that and there's some people who like they like a different challenge every day. And I can tell you, if you like a different challenge every day in the nonprofit sector might just be for you, because um, some um, some days, you know, it's uh, and and not only that, some days you're you're working with a staff who's crying and that's, you know, working on your conflict resolution. And other days you're working with board members and fundraising. Some days you're cleaning toilets. Some days you're sitting there preparing a news release and sending that out to the to the media. So you got a you get a whole breadth of experience um, through through that opportunity. What I did discover in that process is um, and I didn't know this about myself. Um, until I got into that to the job. And then when I'm retiring, I like marketing. Had I known marketing um, as a opportunity, I might have majored in, in marketing, still ending up in the nonprofit world because um, I do love that industry still ending up in that industry. But hmm. I think I I would have liked marketing as well.
0: Um, you know, I love that because I think I, I don't know. I think as I've gotten older and the more work that I've done and, and kind of one, I never imagined, I always tell my students, you know, we'll, we'll do. In one of the classes that I teach, we'll do like personality tests. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always score. I'm a slight introvert and my, that always freaks my students out because they're like, no, 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 no. You're, you know, you're loud. You get in front of the class. And, and I think, you know, I, I see it. I, I, I don't think I ever could have seen myself as doing like a podcast but you know, I've learned that I really like this kind of work, um, and so I, I love that. You know, as we get older, right? That's the other thing. It, it never feels. It, it always feels like our journeys are a work in progress. Yes. And we're always learning something new about ourselves, or getting excited about something new that we've learned about ourselves. So I appreciate you talking about that. That marketing aspect. You you do this work with this organization in particular for twenty years. Yes. How did you know it was time for you to step away?
1: I knew it was time for me to step away. Look, you have to love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I knew and I still loved what I what I did. Um, But there comes a time when it becomes routine and, and people would think, well, that's what you want. You know, you want it to be routine. That's not what necessarily drives me. Yeah. So, to your own self, be true. Right? Could I? Could I've stayed and done a routine, and everybody thought I was great? And why not? You know, I could have, but I thought to take this organization perhaps to the next level, it needs to be someone with a little bit more. I won't say passion because I was passionate about the mission and organization, but willing to take uh, a bigger risk. Huh. than what i was willing to take and when you start looking at things like that i think it's then time for you to say okay i think it's time for me to go because someone else needs to come in and do this piece of it
0: oh. um i appreciate that I think that question was a little more for me <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> over the last, well, and, yeah, you know, for the for over the last couple of interviews I've shared with my, my guests that I find myself kind of, so this is my 20th year in higher ed. And I, I'm, I'm stepping, I'm, I have a part time administrative role and I'm stepping down at the end of the, at later this year. But I find myself as I step down, I've reached my ceiling and, and it's, it is routine and, routine. and I know exactly. Yeah. I, and for me, I'm looking for where can I grow? Where can I do things that are going to continue to fulfill me and feed me right. And mm-hmm. get me excited about stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, get me right
1: beyond the comfort zone, right? Yeah. Because to me, yeah. that's where, that's where, That's where you do. That's where change happens, and that's where transformation happens. I need to be slightly outside of my comfort zone, and I hadn't. I was in my comfort zone, and I it didn't feel. You're supposed to feel good because you're in your comfort zone, but it's not because that's not what gives me energy and drive. And so,
0: I so so let me ask you then. You you do this work. You're with this organization twenty years you've you've hit you're in this comfort zone right recognizing you know maybe it is time for me to step away and then what what was next for you because i think you know you know some people they do the same thing for the rest of their lives um some people you know find themselves in that comfort zone but are afraid to step away afraid to change it you're you're young (laughs) so you know Deciding no like, you, 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 young I'm gonna say young, you're young. <laughs> um, and you've still got a lot of living to do. Yes. And I and and looking for obviously those challenges, those those spaces that are gonna get you out of your comfort zone <laughs> a little bit. Yes. So, what was next for you?
1: So for me, what was next was starting my own company. Um, I wanted to do it. Um, a lot of people don't realize this about me. I am a I am a risk taker, but I'm an incremental. <laughs> Risk taker, um, so I needed to have that comfort of having a retirement before I branched out onto my own. So that was my comfort. I, I you know, even if this is spell, I still got my retirement check, um, kind of thing. Um, but the next thing for, for me was really was starting my own company. And the reason why I wanted to start my own company um, was. To support nonprofit professionals who are stressed out, overworked, and overwhelmed, you know, I had 20 years of knowledge in my head. I wanted to support them. You know, it doesn't come without a cost. It did not come without a cost to me um, to get into my comfort zone and have it to become routine. You know, it it cost me. You 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 mentioned getting a sheet that says 900 hours. Well, I. I was working thousands of hours (laughs) Um, in addition to that. And that affected my health. Right. And so I didn't want others to have to suffer through that. So I thought I'm going to start this company and I'm going to my my model is based on um, having low cost and no cost service for nonprofit um, professionals and putting that information out there and coaching them, executive coaching working with boards of directors, facilitating leadership retreats and all of those things. Um, And it's been fun because when you do start your own company and you get to determine what your hustle is going to be. Am I going to um, get up at seven o'clock in the morning and go to sleep at midnight? Am I going to, you know, take a meeting before you get to set your own schedule you get to determine your own clients. I don't know (laughs) how better way to say this. Um, and, and I, I enjoy that piece and focus on what I want to focus on. So I enjoy that piece. Um, and it's been, it's been challenging like today. I think, um, I, I'll share this learning experience today. I wanted to write a book. And so I reached out to someone who was going to be a ghostwriter for me that was going to put all my blog content together and my videos. And they were going to form a book for me. Well, I had some other personal, and it was going to cost $25,000. I was willing to make that investment because I didn't want to write it. I wanted Mm -hmm. someone else to do it for me. Um, I signed the contract was ready to go and gave a deposit and something came up. Family situation came up and, um, I had to email them and say, you know, I can't do this. I had signed the contract. Um, the contract says if you cancel, it's three thousand dollars. It hurts my soul that it's three thousand dollars. But what I admire about the person on the other end is that they stood their ground. Right? That's my three thousand dollar mistake. <laughs> at the end of the day, so I'm still learning. Yeah. How to navigate this entrepreneurial process, which is something I wanted. I wanted to continually be challenged and to be out of my comfort zone. So I'm getting what I asked for. Be careful what you ask for, right?
0: <laughs>
1: um, absolutely.
0: But, but it also, I mean, I mean, this is like you said, this is what you asked for. This is what you're looking for, right? Something a little different. Let me ask you, because I know, um, I know I am I'm, ex, I'm experiencing this and I you know in talking to other folks they experience this too when when you've been doing something for so long and you decide I think it's time for me to pivot go in a different direction right pursue something else It's hard not to develop an identity with those 20 plus years of work that you've done How have you managed your 30 years, how have you managed that? Was that tough for you?
1: you um, look, um, I'm not a perfect person, Shay. So I'm going to say this. Um, although I started my own company, technically retired, I have created that nonprofit environment for myself. So I serve on several boards of directors. <laughs> <laughs> so I still am in the the, I feel like I'm still, Using that skill set, relationships, and all those things that I developed um, in the nonprofit world, but you know the skill set that I have, someone shared with me: your superpower is building relationships. Well, building relationships really translates across nonprofit, small business. It, it it's just a, a good skill set um, yeah. a good superpower to have. So. I have managed to create an environment where I still get to tap into that skill set. So, did I totally disconnect? No. Yeah. But You're I get still, to do it on my own terms. That is yeah. different. It's very different from being the CEO of an organization and completely responsible for whether someone gets their paycheck or not get their paycheck. That's not the position I'm in anymore.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're you've entered this entrepreneurial world, you're still navigating, still learning. What advice would you give somebody who is looking to like regardless of whether or not they've got the experience sort of that you've had right 25, 30 years in, in, in a particular industry, but anybody that's wanting to jump in to and become an entrepreneur, what advice would you give them?
1: The advice that I would give them is the advice that was given to me and what I took. I actually, when I first started this journey, I did hire a coach. Um, I didn't, I, I did not know the entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm. And I paid um, and had a, a paid a part of a program, a pretty steep price. It was like $18,000, um, but it was an investment in me. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I needed to do because I was not familiar with this world. And I needed to, again, I like to, if I'm going to provide a service, I want to provide it quality. Um, and I wanted to provide, I wanted to have clarity around what it was I was offering. Um, people um, and not only have clarity around what I was offering people, but also how to establish myself as an expert in that online community. So yes, if if people locally know uh, of my expertise in the nonprofit area, but no outside of the this community, um, it, I'm not a household name per se, um, and so I really needed help in identifying how to establish um, expertise, you know, in this online world, because I started my business right three years ago. And so right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so I was like, okay, this is different. (laughs) You know, I can't do in-person trainings, yeah. right i can't do uh, you know go knock on the door of the ne- the nonprofit in my community because no one is meeting yeah and so i had to figure out if i want to do this i had to figure out how to do it how to establish my expertise um on using social media using the internet it's pretty much running um not a, it's like running an online business and so it was unfair familiar territory for me. And so I had to hire a coach to help me navigate it. And it was worth the investment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, with my own work, you know, I had to hire a, a consultant to, mm-hmm. to help with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. And, and I love, you know, I think this is this kind of information, right. It translates regardless of the industry that you're going into, but seeking out help Yes. Right. Getting help, recognizing that one, I need help and I'm going to find somebody who knows how to do this, who has experience doing this and, and, you know, I'm going to pick their brain. I'm going to sign up, you know, Mm -hmm. to be a part of this program, but utilizing resources. Yes. And, and I feel like, you know, I don't know, whenever I I work with young people and I tell them, you know, Hey, you've got these great resources. Why don't you use them? And They (laughs) they don't use them. I feel like, like. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Like, they don't believe that, like, you know, that they need these resources. I don't know if it's a, this sort of a idea that they needed, that they need to do it by themselves or, you know, cause they're so reluctant to tap into resources. Did you ever struggle with that when you, you know, when you were young?
1: I'm trying to think Is though I've never really struggled into tapping into resources. Probably what I've struggled with and what most people struggle with is, you know, that lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. And so let for example, if you say, oh, you should join A, B and C, they have a lot of resources. Well, what if I'm not confident enough to go and join A, B and C? Oh, I got to interact with people. Oh, I got to go in a room and, and, you know, network, oh, I got to do that. That holds people back a lot. And I think that at some point in my life, um, that may have held me back until I got to the point where I felt confident. Um, and it's just a mind shift change. You just have to set aside those anxieties that we all have Mm -hmm. and, and just, This is what I say, and I think I got this from Oprah. God does not put you in a place where you are not intended to be. So if that opportunity is there and presenting itself, that's where you are supposed to be. Take advantage of that opportunity. A lot of times being a woman or being a minority or, uh, you know, you think I don't belong in this room. I don't want to tap into this resource because now I got to go and deal with these people or I got to do this and I got to mm-hmm. do that. And we limit our own selves, but that's uh self doubt. That's creeping in. Um, and I always say, again, you deserve to be there and take advantage of the resources, take advantage of the opportunities, um, and, and just go for it. But it's an ongoing process. It yeah. is never a um, it is never a completed process, <laughs> you know, even even for me, even for me in this day and age, it's like, you know, this mixer is coming up or this is this is happening and. You're like man, I could be at home right now, but you never know. <laughs> you know, but you never know who's going to be in the room. And yeah, you should be there and you know get involved. So we, it's a continual struggle. That's that little um, introvert coming out that I have too, and people don't realize that I, I can be an introvert at yeah. times. Yeah,
0: I, you know, I I love that. I love that that it is. It's an ongoing process, right? So no matter how confident, and I, you know, I, I share this with my, with my students, no matter how confident I am, or I seem, I still have those moments where I walk Mm -hmm. into a a room where I'm, that I'm unfamiliar with and I'm like, and I don't feel comfortable. It takes me a while to, yeah. (laughs) So to hear you say that, because, because, you know, you, you're incredibly accomplished, right? The work that you've done, you know, particularly in the nonprofit sector, right? You probably, you know, done and seen it all. And yeah. so now that you're serving on these boards, now that you've got your own company to know that you still have those moments. Still have I, those I, moments. I find it reassuring, right? But but that but that you recognize, right, That, you know, you you still have to remind yourself, right? You yes. deserve to be in that space. Yeah. Um I uh, had so many different ways to go with this work. You know, what's you you've got your business. Mm-hmm. Um is there anything else you you want to do? Anything else that you think like, you know, are, are there any other challenges for you or things you'd like to do?
1: Well, I'll say the challenge is not on the business end, but on the personal end. I think that um, one of the and if you follow me on social media, I'm always like living my best life. You know, I never took the time to live my best life. I never took the time to travel or um, do those types of experiences. And so that is actually a goal of mine. Um, there is a thing of self-care. And 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 mental health. Um, And that is a goal is to, you know, take care of my mental health and to really make myself a priority around, um, you know, um, self-care, because at the end of the day, regardless of what you do um, for a living, if you're passionate about something, you can give your all to it and you can forget about yourself. right? Right. And that's not going to help you in this, in, in your health. And so that's been one of my goals. Um, so that's kind of what's next for me. You know, my, I, I, when I first started my company, my husband's like, what are you doing up there? You always on that computer. And I would say, I'm building an empire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm not building an empire. I am building, I've decided, you know, and it's okay that I've decided this. I've decided I don't want To build an empire. And when I was saying I'm building an empire, at first I thought my goal was to build a a multi, you know, multi uh, employee firm that was taking on multiple clients and, you know, uh, traveling all. I am okay with being where I'm at, a solopreneur taking on the clients that I want to take on, impacting the world in the way that I want. To impact the world, that is very different from the type A personality that I have. Of if you're going to do it, do it big. Uh, That that was. So I'm changing. I'm evolving.
0: What what led to that change?
1: What led to that change is health. You know, health issues led to that to that change. I actually, I'm all. Um, as we sit here and discuss, I am all about self improvement. Um, when I first started my company, I was creating that same pressure cooker of an environment that I created when I was in, you know, running the nonprofit as a CEO. You know, getting up in the morning, working twelve hours, doing this, not going to sleep late, and I, I had to talk to someone and I had to stop myself. Why am I creating this environment for myself? It is not needed. I am the boss. I can set my hours the way I want to set my hours. But I had to literally hire. Uh, I know I'm saying hire a lot. And these young people like, I ain't got no money for that. But there's free resources out there. I literally had to hire someone to talk to, to say, Okay, what is this really about? Why are you creating this same pressure cooker of an environment in your solo business that you had that got you sick in the first place over here? Yeah. When it's not necessary. Yeah. So, I had to change the way I operated.
0: I I I love that. And I love that you know, you you have you, both of us, right? We have the benefit of time on our side in the sense that right. and time and experience. Yes. Where we've 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 been doing the work that we do for a considerable amount of time. We can reflect and think about, mm-hmm. and if I would have done it differently, if I would have paid attention to my health a little more, prioritized my health. Um, I, I know there are things that I definitely would have prioritized. And and as I look forward, I think about what are my priorities gonna be. Um, and still doing the work that I want to be doing, right? The hours that mm-hmm. I want to be doing. And so I appreciate that because I think, in, and I, I, you know, when you're 18, 19, you just so much of our, of our focus is on that job and on that yes. paycheck and on that house we want to build. And, and, you know, that just bar. Grind. Comes, yeah, that grind, that grind. And, and so, you know, all of a sudden our health becomes secondary right mm-hmm. it becomes something that we don't think about till till maybe we get sick or yes. a family member gets sick and so i appreciate that i appreciate mm-hmm. you reflecting on that and sharing yeah, but that. but your
1: health i will say this your health is your currency if you don't mm-hmm. have health you don't have anything mm-hmm. period if yeah. you can't take care of yourself or you can't get up out of the bed if you're sick it, you don't have anything because your health is your currency I mean, and and that's, you know, the 18 year old is not hearing us right now. (laughs) They're not. No, I know. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We all go through our own journey, and and that is okay. Um, But remember that your health is your currency.
0: I love that. Yeah, they're not listening.
1: <laughs> they're, they're not, not listening. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna be young forever. Yeah. All, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all go through that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so.
0: um, Sabrina, I know. I know you. You've you've got you've got a packed schedule. So I I want to be mindful of your time. Before we go, before we go, what piece of advice would you give young people who are are about to to start? maybe their professional lives. What advice would you give them?
1: I would tell them to go in service um, in your professional life. I think that is very key to go in service. So when I say that, you know, you get your college degree, a lot of people get their college degree and they graduate. They think I need to come through the door um, with this title, making this much money. And this is what I want to do. Sometimes, Go in humble, go in in service, and it will open the door for different opportunities. So if you just think about, I always equate it to, um, if you're religious or not religious or know the Bible, always equate it to uh, the story of uh, David and Goliath, right? So David was there because he was there in service. His dad sent him to go feed his older brothers who were fighting the war. He was there just to feed them. He was there in service. But when the opportunity presented itself, he was the only one that stepped up to fight Goliath. And he wound up being one of the greatest leaders um, of that time. But he was there in service. And so it's okay to enter the room in service. It is okay. You don't have to enter the room with this title or that title or, you know, or these duties. But when you're there, step up, do the best job that you can, and someone will notice and you can wind up being the greatest leader that organization has had and get to the title of king that you wanted. I love that. I love that. That's
0: beautiful. That's beautiful. Um thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Sabrina, thank you for your time this afternoon. Um and I I loved your story and and all of the the you know the advice that you're able to provide for our listeners. I know I know for me it was it was um incredibly informative, you know, educational and so thank you. And you're thank welcome. you for the work that you're doing and the work that you continue to do. Um This concludes another episode of the Way to College podcast. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to our listeners out there. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and rate the podcast. And we will see you again next time. Thank you and goodbye.